podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness. 1980s mashups. This is some quote. Damn. Does it start off with four score? Is that the first two words? <laughs> Call me Ishmael. <laughs> was, yeah. mm-hmm. Oh no. Welcome back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture. My name is Will. And joining me, uh, as always, are my friends and my co-hosts, Ray and Kat. Hi, guys. Howdy. Do I surprise you guys by introducing you every week? Okay. No. What do you mean Surprise. I feel like there's this long delay. I'm like, hey, Ray and Kat. No, it's because there's two of us. Oh, so don't you always say so hi I in the just same wait. order? I just wait for her to say something, oh, okay. and then I so say something stupid, and then we move forward. Okay. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> and I, I just sort of jump in because, mm-hmm. well, I'm less nervous now, but- uh, you know, public speaking isn't my thing. And so I feel like instead of sitting here feeling nervous and anticipating, I'm just going to say it and Ray yeah. can just wait. <laughs> you have to be like the interrupting cow. Yes. <laughs> Is this another dad joke? I was waiting for one of you guys to do it, but <laughs> I was going to. I assumed you already knew the joke, Kat. I, I know the joke. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. <laughs> I do. I do. And yes, I think. Maybe it is. I don't know. Hey, on today's... Nobody cares about this. And on today's So I should show, say moo instead of I? <laughs> hi? Yeah, I'd be like, and joining me as... Well, you got to do it right okay? Whatever you want. Hey, and joining me as always are my friends... Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's great. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Can you guys just ambush me and say hi <laughs> at any point? Yes. Well, at any, during the intro, I mean, not later in the show. Hey, on today's show, we're going to be speaking about, uh, we're going to be speaking with, rather, on today's show, we'll be speaking with the contemporary king of the mashup, Bill McClintock. Uh, Bill's, uh, in the last few years, now Bill's made a name for himself combining the vocals of one song with the instrumental music from another, to amazing effect. Uh, The songs are are from different genres, I was going to say usually, but they always have been, and that's really what creates this sort of interesting sound that he creates. And the mashups for me, have often exceeded, uh, I don't know, not the success, but the, the interest, the excitement, uh, the original songs, right? I like them more. He came to our attention when he combined uh, Huey Lewis in the news with Metallica, for example. If that doesn't intrigue you, and I, I think that's, I don't know, that's one of his most successful ones, I think. It may be my favorite one. Raining Lobsters is my, mm-hmm. is a close one. Yeah, that's the, that was the first one I saw. And uh, who's that, Ray? Who's that together there? That's uh, the B-52s and Slayer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yeah, Slayer. Oh, and he uses tons of Slayer. And uh, we noted that, usually, I think in all of them, I want to say all of them, certainly a huge percentage of all of them, one of the songs he uses, either the vocals or the music, is a 1980s track. And we so want to find out why. Is this guy an 80s kid or what? I mean, he seems right. like it. Yeah. Okay, hey, before we move on this with the show, once again, it's time to... Thank you for your cooperation. I think sort of, anyway. I thought this was really cool. Uh, you know, uh, so we did our, our episode last week was our discussion with the Dance Party USA slash Dancing on Air crew. I always want to say Dancing in Air because there's a lot of in sounds there. <laughs> so I get kind of, so mm-hmm. I pause. Mm-hmm. Uh, in connection with that episode, we had posted to uh, on our social media, did you dance in the 1980s? And we got tons of responses, including one from Michael Boogaloo Shrimp Chambers himself. And of course, this is hilarious because we all knew that we all know that Michael was dancing in the 1980s. We, we know what he was dancing, you know, where, where, (laughs) but I guess this just shows you how humble a guy he is. Because for a guy who, you know, uh, taught Michael Jackson, some of his moves, he wrote, Mm -hmm. awesome. I started dancing in music videos, Lionel Richie all night long, Shaka Khan, I feel for you, Stacey Q. Give you all my love. Gap Band, Party Train, all videos were on MTV and VH1. Yeah, we watched them. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to mention the movies he danced, the movies he's danced in, mm-hmm. TV shows he's doubled for people in, uh, <laughs> including, uh, well, that, was, that might be in the 90s, right? The um, uh, Paula Abdul song, The uh, Cat, with the cartoon cat, MC Cool Cat. Oh. Hmm. That hmm. might be 89. Yes, close, right? 89, 90, something like that. I don't remember that. Or Michael did the up. choreography for MC Cool Cat. That's, uh, 
That's opposites attract, isn't it? Yeah. Opposites attract. Right. Very good. Very good. Opposites attract. Anyway, Michael was on our show, I don't know, was it last year maybe? Or I hope it wasn't longer ago than that because we should talk to Michael again. He has so many amazing stories. Really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, thank you for that, Michael. Okay. Um, hey, let's get caught up on 1980s news. Hey, in 1980s news this week, Per Variety, a Christmas story sequel with original actor uh, star Peter Billingsley is set at Warner Brothers and Legendary. So nearly 40 years ago, we had this film, A Christmas Story. Most folks consider it a a classic, uh, Mm -hmm. although I don't think it did well in the box office at first. And certainly in the last couple decades, it found, you know, a new life being played on TBS like 24 hours leading up to Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's finally getting a sequel with the original star, Peter Billingsley, set to reprise his role and produce it. Now, the story is... It's not unlike that uh, film that I think I love more now, 8-Bit Christmas. <laughs> right. But yeah, this yeah. one, unlike unlike that, which is set in the 1980s, is set is about a kid in the 1940s who desperately wants a Red Ryder BB gun that everybody, including the mall Santa, warns him will shoot his, he will shoot his eyes out with. Um, mm-hmm. The new film is going to take place 30 years later. It sounds like the same amount of time it's taken place since the film came out and be set in the 1970s. All right, so you got my attention a little bit there. But I feel like maybe they wouldn't be doing this but for the success of 8-Bit. Uh, absolutely. Right. But we already mm-hmm. had a sequel. Oh, yeah? Yeah. A Christmas Story 2 came out in 2012 with Daniel Stern playing the old man. Is that and this right? kid, uh, Braden LeMasters, uh, took on the role of Ralphie as a teenager. Okay. And this time around, he wanted a, a car for Christmas. Oh. Because he's 15 now. Oh. Really? But wait, but wait, <laughs> that's not actually the sequel. Okay. My Summer Story came out in 1994, directed by Bob Clark. Oh. With Charles Grodin playing the old man. Okay. And mm-hmm. Kieran Culkin of the famous Culkin family sure. as Ralphie. <laughs> huh. And uh, this is the summer version. This is actually the, uh, the sequel. My Summer Story is Ralphie wants a new top because the bully's top knocks his out of the circle all the time. Oh, well. Top, like a toy. A spinning, spinning top. Yeah. Okay. To, I guess they used to fight those in the 40s in circles. <laughs> so technically, this is the fourth movie in this series, which explains why they're calling it a Christmas story story. Oh, wow. Well, okay. I didn't know either of those films ever came out. Does anybody know that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you guys this before. I think when we talked about Eat Bit Christmas, I'm not a big fan of Christmas Story. I could take it or leave it. It doesn't seem funny to me. I, I, well, that's that's because you're heartless. Mm, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> mm. I I wasn't attached to that movie at all. In fact, I didn't see it in the 80s. But mm-hmm. some uh, friends spoke about it. I think when I got to college, it was a joke that was talked about. And then I eventually did see it. But it's fine. Yeah, it, It's fine, but it's not my favorite. I think like we said before, it's because it's in the 40s. I think I don't even feel like I'm connected to it emotionally. It just seems like mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. I don't know, different. It's a different era. So literally it feels that way to me. So mm-hmm. per variety, while the original was shot in Cleveland and Toronto, in fact, the home where the movie exteriors were shot uh, has even become a tourist attraction. It's just a mm-hmm. few minutes away from Ray and I here. Uh, but this film is going <laughs> to be shooting in, in, in the, your third choice to replace, uh, I guess what this is, the story is set when I- Indiana, right? Something like that. Yeah, 1970s Indiana right. would most resemble. Yeah, not Cleveland or Toronto. Not not Cleveland or Detroit this time around. Yeah, it'd be Hungary. <laughs> it's going to be in Hungary. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> Isn't that where Rob Zombie's filming the new uh, yeah, Monsters yeah. movie too? Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of films are oh. shooting there now, actually. You know, they, they must just let them do whatever the hell they want out there. <laughs> yeah, and it's just super cheap. It's got to be cheaper than Atlanta and all these other places, yeah. Uh, whatever. Right. Okay. Whatever. Who cares? Okay. Hey, uh, according to Metal Wani, I'm going to say, did you ever hear this publication, Ray? Metal Wani? Wani? Metal Wani. I, I don't know. Doesn't ring a bell. Okay. Rob Halford. <laughs> now I wish I had a bell to ring. Rob Halford <laughs> celebrates 36 Taco years. <laughs> that's right. 36 years of sobriety. And here's what he shared with the fans. Quote, one day at a time, 36 years. Thank you for your love. You mean the world to me. End quote. And in a recent interview with Spain's, I'm going to say Mariscal, even though they spell it kind of weird, Mariscal Rock, uh, about how he has managed and avoided the urge to relapse since 1986. Holy cow. Wow. Uh, you know, and I bring this story up because not only is it news, but we just talked about Rob last week. 
Um, anyway, Rob said it's an addiction. <laughs> when I'm watching the Phoenix Cardinals play on TV the other day, there's a constantly adverts for beer and for alcohol. Is he English? Rob Halford? Yeah, he's British. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's why he says mm-hmm. adverts. Adverts for beer and for alcohol and stuff. And I know it's there and it's a temptation. So you have to, so you have all the mental tools. You have to have all the mental tools ready to get you through the instance. Cause I'm all about the instances and I live one day at a time. That's awesome. Congratulations, Rob. That's great. It's good to hear some of our, you know, unlike the, so many, we're losing too many people lately. Mm-hmm. Um, to see somebody who's been, I guess, health conscious for a good amount of time that maybe, you know, keep him around a lot longer than these other folks that unfortunately we're losing too soon. When I was making sure I knew who he was, <laughs> I found yep. a really cool quote from him that oh, I wanted to really? share with you guys. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I bet it's going to be really short. <laughs> In fact, it is. Oh, it is? Uh, amidst a lot of other words that I did not write down. Okay. <laughs> he said, we don't really get to spend a lot of time on this planet together, so there's no point in wasting it being divided. I just hmm. really liked that. So that is a nice cool. quote. In my book, yeah. <laughs> and I don't mean to be disparaging at all of your quote. Was that what you were writing down for like 15 That's minutes? I was writing oh, down. Wow, you must write did really you, large did, or slow. Were really you using a calligraphy pen? <laughs> Oh, it does look a lot longer than it sounded. (laughs) Per the Daily Wire. Okay, another, did I say that? Another 1980s news per the Daily Wire. Quote, I'm just so embarrassed, end quote. Singer Bono slams U2 Mm. music and band name in an interview. So Bono, you know, who's been the face of the Irish rock band U2 for close to five decades. They started in in the 1970s, have released 14 studio albums and have, of course, sold millions of records worldwide. In spite of that, Bono made some disparaging remarks about his band on the Hollywood Reporter's podcast, Awards Chatter. Let's just pause and say, everyone has a podcast. Can you leave something for the regular people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got, yeah, okay. Hey, the 61-year-old rocker whose real name is Paul David Hewson. I did not know that. Mm-mm, I didn't know you that. You thought either. his real name was Bono? Bono Vox. Yeah, I thought that was his real name. No, I didn't know his real name, but I never, <laughs> I never heard his real name. That's not my recollection. Right. <laughs> um, he claimed he, he was never supportive of the band's name. He credited U2's first manager, Paul McGinnis, who told them the name idea was great. Plus it would quote, look good on a t-shirt, a letter and a number, end quote. <laughs> you got to take those things into consideration, mm-hmm. right? Right. Any of the bands you were in considering like what it's going to look like when you'd write it out and how you could turn yeah, something you, into a lightning bolt or something. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have a good logo or you're screwed. I mean, that's, that's band stuff 101. Yeah. <laughs> good name and a good logo. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to really learn how to sing. Oh, oh no. Are you saying, as long are, as you, you have the other things. <laughs> so I did some research to see, cause you know, I don't want to be un, unfair to Mr. Bono there. Uh, so I went on the YouTube yep. and I looked up him mm-hmm. and said, can he really sing? And oh. someone had made a video of his 10 best moments singing. Okay. Mm-hmm. I made it through about four and a half of them and I said, mm-hmm. no, I'm done. This guy can't, he sounds like garbage. Huh. So I agree with him. Okay. You're a singer. You have a band name. <laughs> so, so <sighs> I guess we could, we could respond to this in a moment, but, but Ray's alluding to is that later in the article, he does say that he doesn't believe U2's music is worth celebrating. And in fact, when he comes on the radio, he's embarrassed hearing it. Mm-hmm. And he's not blaming his man. He's putting the blame on himself. Like Ray suggesting his lack of singing ability. Uh, in fact, he recounted how singer Robert Palmer told uh, YouTube bassist Adam Clayton in the 1980s, quote, God, would you ever tell your singer to just take down the keys a little bit? He'd do himself a favor. His voice a favor. He'd do all, all of us a favor. <laughs> End quote. And Bono now, according to this interview, says he understands not what he was talking about. I, I disagree. I love Bono's voice. I have no problem yeah. with his voice. It's never struck me as not good. They don't happen to be in my tip top mm. favorite, but I do love a couple of their songs. Mysterious yeah. Ways. I mm. love that. I love dancing to that song. I don't think he's God awful. No. He's just <laughs> regular awful. I mean, he he's, yeah, he's, he's just, yeah. But uh, there are a lot of people that like it. But yeah. mm-hmm. there's another quote in here from him that bothers me because it's, yeah. uh, Ooh, I that? only became a singer like recently. Maybe oh. it hasn't happened yet for some people. Oh, for some people's ears. I understand that. Is yep. that like a way of saying his fans like 
their musical palette is like that of a small child. No. And that someday, if they're lucky enough, that they will ascend oh to my the God. higher this level is such of musical Ray's, taste. This is such um, Ray's thing, right? Where um, he thinks celebrities are all <laughs> He is an asshole. And he assumes um, they think that they're better than everybody he's else. He's got $700 million from these songs. That's not what he means. What I took it as, it was self-effacing. That Wait, he thinks that's, he's that's a better singer now, but you may still think he sucks. I do, but that, well, then you agree with what he said. He's not saying what you other thing you suggested. Well, no, no, I just, I'm just, it could be taken either way. No, he's taking the one way. When you're, you know, without the context of actually hearing how he said it, I just, mm. I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence on this one. Well, I'm not on the fence. I'm on the right side of the fence. I'm calling you over. If he doesn't think that the songs are good and he doesn't deserve the money, he should give all the 700 million back to the people who bought the stuff and apologize. There's nothing about money in here. He don't want to give anybody um, money back. He's not crazy. Oh no, <laughs> he might be a bad singer, but he's not nuts. Yeah. Well, it's it's it, it is nice though that we agree on something, me and Bono. Yeah, and I did come up with two two names they could have used instead. Oh, okay, let's, let's see. Uh, instead of you <clears throat> two, uh, not 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 you two, not you two. Uh-huh. Or OU eight one two. Hmm. That I guess if they had used that one early enough, yeah, they would be good. Yeah. Could have caused a create a create an issue later in the 1980s, but yeah, <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. But 1976, it was clear, free and clear. Mm-hmm. In the name of love, <laughs> I feel like that's one of the few songs I could sing. One man come in the well, name you know of why. love. <laughs> yeah, you well. know why everybody can sing that because one. It, we're all sing terribly. Because it's out of key and oh, awful. Yeah, there you go. Right, yeah. <laughs> hey, another another 1980s news. According to Screen Rant, Star Wars explains one of George Lucas's worst Return of the Jedi changes. So that, now a minor uh, spoiler here for um, <laughs> the Book of Boba Fett. Are you guys caught up? Yes. I well. just watched episode four. All right. So you're caught up enough. So the comment we're going to make is- I'm not is caught a, up today. Okay. Yeah. So episode four. Right. And it's a minor spoiler and it's it's, it's not a, it's not anything, anything that's going to surprise anybody. But uh, so- as we all know, George Lucas has made a number of uh, changes to the original Star Wars trilogy via his special editions, which now he doesn't even call them special editions anymore. They're just the editions. <laughs> well, yeah. It, when you get rid of the original yeah, there's, there's and replace it with this, it now right. is the only version. So yeah, that's the only thing. Left, right. yeah. oh, anyway. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I had hopes that when they were going to deal with the Sarlacc pit in Boba Fett, uh, you know, th- this one thing that he had changed in um, uh, the, the uh, in Return of the Jedi, the special edition, would have been re-retconned out of there, but mm. no such luck. Uh, and what I'm referring to is the fact that in Return of the Jedi, he added a beak to the Sarlacc pit. I mean, it's in the name. It's the Sarlacc pit. You're going to be thrown it's into a, a pit. pit. And it looked like a pit in the original film until George Lucas was like, I've got way too much money and time on my hands. <laughs> and then added like a bird's beak on a tentacle coming out of this. Mm-hmm. And so in episode four, when Boba Fett and the book of Boba Fett finally goes back to find his armor, because he's, spoiler alert, he escaped the Sarlacc pit. He wants to go get his armor. <laughs> this is a really cool scene. He flies the whole ship into the Sarlacc pit. Oh. First of all, it seemed crazy. Like, really? like, yeah, why would that? Yeah. seems like a bad, this, I have problems with this whole show, but whatever. That was pretty bold, yeah. <laughs> but there was no sign of the beak. And I thought- Yay, they're not going to have that in there until jump scare. The beak tries to, it bites, you know, mm-hmm. bites at the cockpit. I had forgotten about the beak or not really noticed it in the newer editions. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, I was a little confused by that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What? Okay. What is this doing here? <laughs> I almost never watch the remastered versions yep. that mm-hmm. he did. I always watch the theatrical. So a yep. lot of the times I have to actually go back to YouTube or something to see. Well, you know, okay, let me look real quick and see what this beak thing is because yep. <laughs> I've never really paid attention to it because, oh. like I said, I think I probably saw those once. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. And then I went went back yeah. to the old version. Yeah, me, me too. The only thing I remember from yeah. the remastered ones is when Han Solo was walking along with Jabba. Yeah. <laughs> like a, a miniature Jabba. <laughs> well, yeah, they, really. did, they did take into that account that he was going to grow. <laughs> yeah, Seriously, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. So what what do you really think of this show so far? If you were going to grade yep. it uh, A, B, C, D, F, uh, where are you at right now? B, C, maybe a B minus. 
because I'm I'm mm. definitely in the C, yeah. and it mm-hmm. it's dropping every show I watch. Yeah, yeah. it's lower than a B, and it's it's not Mandalorian. <laughs> it's not uh, not as good as that. Look, unlike you, Ray, well, unlike you, Ray or Eric Cat, mm-hmm. both of you, mm-hmm. I can't forget these things, <laughs> but I think it's important to know. And that's why, once again, it's time to play. I got a bad feeling about this. So I've got a list here of 10 things that may or may not have been changed uh, since the original films that George Lucas' uncle George has changed. I want you guys to tell me whether or not they they were real changes or something I made up. Okay. All right. I love these quizzes. Okay. Should we just go back and forth? Sure. All right. All right. So uh, let's see. Cat first. And so again, mm-hmm. these are all changes that they may have that George Lucas may or may not have made to the original Star Wars films in special mm-hmm. editions and thereafter, because he continued changing them until recently. When when uh, what was it uh, on a New Hope? I think <laughs> when they showed up on Disney Plus, now Greedo swears or something. Remember that, right? We talked about that yeah. on the episode. Uh, oh my gosh, McClunky, McClunky. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> and we all know what that means. Yes, I, I remember. I think Ray explained it at the time, but yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, cat. Here we go. Did mm-hmm. uh, George Lucas change these things? All right, uh, Ewoks now blink. Oh wow! Um, I'm gonna say yes. That's right. Uh, Ray, there's now a new musical number in Jabba's palace. <laughs> true. That's true. Cat. At the mm-hmm. end of the Return of the Jedi, there's no more Yub Nub song. Right. Yub Nub. Jub, jub, yeah. jub, 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 now, isn't it? I'm asking you. <laughs> All I know is, is that okay, my wait. kid, when eating ice cream, sings, uh, time to lick the bowl, yub, nub. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to be awesome. doing that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think it is still there, but not as long. I think it used to it's be the- It's gone. Oh, man, it's gone. Ray, Boba's yeah. Fett, Boba Fett's voice has changed. Yes. That's right. They replaced it with Tamara Morrison. Because who plays they Boba put Fett. in the other guy because Bullock's voice didn't match the prequels. Yeah. Mm. Cat, Darth Vader now shouts, no, before rescuing Luke from the Emperor. Oh, um, yes. That's right. He does shout now, now. It's mm. horrible. Oh, mm-hmm. and it matches mm-hmm. the no he shouts when he first becomes Darth Vader at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we don't need that twice. Oh, we had, we had, okay, let's see. Oh. Oh, we that, didn't need it once. We spoiled this really? one already. Jabba now, right, Jabba now appears in A New Hope. Yep, yeah, they go done. walking together, yep. Han <laughs> even steps on his tail. Cat, Greedo shoots first. Correct. That's right. Yeah. Uh, at the return, end of Return of the Jedi, Hayden Christensen replaces Sebastian Shaw as a force ghost, Ray. Yep. That's true. This is depressing. And finally, Cat, here's the last one. Well, yeah, that one actually kind of <laughs> makes better sense because the dude mm-hmm. that they put in the picture, uh, what's his name, Sebastian? Yeah. Is fat and yeah. ridiculous looking. But he doesn't look like a Jedi at all. But he looks like the dude who just had his helmet taken off like five minutes earlier. Yeah, Billy Joel. Yes. It's right. The harmonica. He looks like, looks like him with the harmonica. Cat, yeah. speaking of that, the final change that George Lucas may or may not have made a helmetless Darth Vader no longer has eyebrows. Oh my gosh. He did when the movie um, came out. Does he still have the eyebrows or no? No. He doesn't have the eyebrows anymore. I'm, this is a guess. That's right. <laughs> he doesn't no. have eyebrows anymore. Okay. Lucas got got Yeah, these are all changes he made. They're all ridiculous. <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to bring up the, the fact that the emperor is a completely different person. Wow. Well, yeah. That, that, <laughs> the list could go on and on. There's so many changes that are terrible. <laughs> I should have said, now uh, Now Darth Vader tells the uh, stormtroopers to comb the desert. <laughs> and the stormtroopers respond, we ain't found <laughs> No, See, that, that would have thrown you off, maybe. Mm. Oh, yeah, that would be a fun one. Yeah. Star Wars or, or Spaceballs. Space oh, yeah. Mm, that's a good right. trivia thing. I'm going to write, I'm going right. to jot that down for my oh, trivia please. game. He's jotting Ooh. it down. Hey, <laughs> that was 1980s news. Whatever it was. <laughs> I'm glad Bill's coming on because then we'll feel reinvigorated. Oh, what's going mm-hmm. on with the show today? Hey, look, speaking of that, if you like the show, you do, even when we're half asleep. <laughs> Please literally like it on Facebook, 
uh, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify. I think some, they keep adding these things. I think Spotify has it now, Pandora, wherever it makes a difference. It helps people find the show, which helps us in turn have, uh, be able to find, uh, more guests to come on that agree mm-hmm. to come on. Right on. Hey, so we're going to be talking to Bill in just a moment, but I thought it was interesting. And, uh, I don't want to see, I wanted to talk to you guys about what's a mashup. You know, I don't know how much we'll get into this with Bill, but, uh, just for mm-hmm. everybody who knows, right? A mashup is a song that you is created by blending two songs together, like we mentioned earlier on the show. Usually you take the vocal track of one and you add it with the, you know, the instrumental track of another. And there's other elements you may borrow from each to make it. You may have to tweak the tempo and the key and other little elements to make it in the lineup. Ideally, the best ones are seamless, right? Uh, and... So I went digging to find out what was the, when was the advent of the mashup? When did we first have these? And the thing that came to mind first, which I was going to talk to you about, but I realized this isn't a mashup per se, is those medleys we had throughout the 1980s. And they began, I think, a little bit earlier than that, probably end of the 70s. We had like that hooked on classics. Remember that? Yes. Um, oh, I remember that. But the one that yeah. stuck out to me was Stars on 45, which was, is a, it's a pretty cool story about what, well, I don't know if it's cool or not, but it's, it's a story. <laughs> it has a beginning, middle, and an end. Uh, but we're not going to talk about that because those really are, are medleys of different songs. Um, so when digging right. to find out when the first mashup was created, I found this article from 2017 in Variety. They wrote they were writing about Harry Nilsson uh, and, and crediting him with having created the first rock and roll mashup. They were, they were referring to a track on Nilsson's uh, RCA debut, uh, Pando, Pandemonium Shadow Show. And on that album... Uh, Nilsson squeezes somewhere between 15 and 20, depending on what Reddit uh, string you're on, you may get a different number, already classic Beatles songs into one tune that's just Mm -hmm. over two minutes long. And it sounds Mm -hmm. like a song on itself, but it, you know, combines lyrics from different Beatles songs. And the track's called You Can't Do That. It was so fascinating at the time that it even caught the attention of Lennon McCartney, who adored the album and even invited uh, Nilsson over to London where he fast became a part of their inner circle. He was uh, good friends with uh, John Lennon and did some projects with him. Good friends up until his uh, unfortunate and untimely murder. I say death, but he was murdered. Um, mm-hmm. I take issue with this because if you listen to this track, it's not really a mashup. The guy, even himself, no. uh, Nelson explained that he had struck a chord on his guitar and immediately he was thinking like, wow, this chord goes with a lot of Beatles songs. And so then he proceeded to, he actually tells a story where he went to the music store and bought a, a Beatles, like a fake book, you know, so he had all the music and chords. And then he proceeded to assemble these lyrics together over this, you know, chords that he had arranged. That's not really a mashup. Taking, creating a music thing to match the lyrics, you know, or using the music from the original songs, that's not a mashup. Right. Yeah, that's kind of like the robot thing now. What do you mean? Where they just plug in all the vocal patterns and songs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. the robot writes a new song for that band using pre-existing <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, weird. Yeah, to great okay. success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so digging into this a little bit more, I, I would like to instead draw your attention, at least according to Wikipedia, to what mm-hmm. is possibly the first ever commercially released mashup. And of course, it came out in 1983. Nice. I feel like we're doing our old show here. The greatest decade for everything. We even created mashups. Uh, but it's the Do It Again medley with Billie Jean, it's called. And it, although it's described as a medley, it's it's more along the lines of what we'd expect as a mashup because these Italian uh, producers called Clubhouse combined elements, including the vocals from a Steely Dan song, Do It Again, which was a hit in uh, 1973, with the music from Michael Jackson's number one hit, Billie Jean, which had just come out a few months earlier this same year. And uh, so I wanted to play it for you and I, I hear a little bit about the beginning and then I sort of fast forward, I'll fast forward to the end so you can hear how you hear two songs playing at the same time. Unlike we're going to, when we talk to Bill a little bit later, they recreated the uh, music for Billie Jean and for uh, Do It Again in order to get it to work. They didn't just straight up sample it. Um, mm. And we can talk to Bill about how he even gets his hands on instrumentals and acapella. That, that's tricky. That's a tricky part of it. But uh, here mm. is a, a sample for you from uh, Do It Again. Fast forward here. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so you, you can clearly hear Billie Jean and 
uh, do it again at the same time. Right? Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so confusing. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> I don't know which Very one cool. to listen to. Right. Which one am I hearing? Because I think of those as such different songs. <laughs> but wow. <laughs> so I think this, I think we can say this is the first mashup and it was born in the 1980s. I'm sorry to Harry Nelson. He's a legendary guy who I'm not familiar with terribly, except that one song he had in uh, what Midnight Cowboy. Uh, I think it won an Academy Award. I can't even think of how it goes off in. Um, it's a real sad oh. song. That sad song is like oh, the theme to Midnight Cowboy. Everybody's yeah, talk, yeah, yeah. talking yeah. at me. Right. Oh, man. Yeah, Everybody's yeah, yeah. talking about me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if it won an award, I probably have no clue what the song is. So It was on the radio a lot, too, at, at that time, I remember. But it's a sad <laughs> song, so I would change it. It is a sad song. <laughs> Um, but Do It Again Medley with Billie Jean reached number 75 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in the U.S., but it did even better in overseas where it reached a number 11 in the U.K. and was uh, in the top 10 in Belgium, Ireland, and the Netherlands. It was part of this sort of Italian uh, disco scene uh, at the time. And um, even though these uh, music, these this club house folks put it together, they had to give songwriting credit, of course, to Michael Jackson and the primary members of Steely Dan, including uh, Donald Fagan. All right. Mm-hmm. Hey, any other thoughts about that? No, no, but that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that they could do it that well back in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was well I done. Mean, they probably had to break into a studio to steal those uh, the, the master tracks to that. Well, again, yeah. there is no YouTube. In their but defense, it it, didn't they recreate yeah, it? Yeah, they recreated it. So, That's yeah, what you said. okay, it's not oh, the original oh. tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it was a so little they're easier. Just a, they're just a cover band. Well, <laughs> sort of, yeah. But a creative one, because they, mm-hmm. they covered two songs at the same time. They're economical. You know what? Yeah. There's a newer. I'm gonna have to look it up. Yeah. I'll put a, a post somewhere for people to yeah. find it. There is a new band that does that now. Oh, mm. oh you, I'm intrigued. Okay. Yeah, mm. they're like uh, they're like metal guys. So it's like a live mix. mashup. Yeah, they do it live, oh. where he sings the lyrics to one song over top of the music for another one. Okay. Hey, I'm gonna have it. to I'm gonna have to track it down and like send you a link us. for that. Yeah. yeah, get on this, Ray. It reminds me in 2020 they did this cool fundraiser uh, that Bill built. So one of the mashups that Bill created, this organization. I'm, I don't have the notes in front of me at the at the time at the moment, but um, to raise money for to bring attention to the fact that musicians were out of work in, during the you know mm. first year of the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. They what they did was they got I don't know something like 30 or 40 musicians together to record a cover of one of Bill's mashups. And they use this to raise money. It's really cool. We'll have to uh, put links to that too as well. Yes. Um, Oh, I want to see that. So sort of like what you're saying, right? Bill created a mashup by taking two existing songs and then someone covered it. Well, someone like 40 artists, including Bill. Bill's playing guitar on it as well. All right. Sounds so cool. Let's bring out the man himself and find out more about this whole uh, contemporary mashup process where again, he uses a lot of songs from the 1980s. And in some instances he elevates them. That's what I was trying to think of earlier. He elevates Mm. the pre-existing songs. Uh, we'll find out in just a moment when we're back with our guest, Bill McClintock. I'm from the future. I came here in a time machine that you invented. Our guest today is the contemporary king of the mashup. Over the last few years, he's made a name for himself by combining the vocals from one track with the unlikely instrumental music from another, often elevating each of the original tracks. The videos for his mashups, which include an equally brilliant combination of source material, can be found on his YouTube channel, Bill McClintock. There, he's already amassed over 54 million views. Please welcome to the show, Bill McClintock. Oh, maybe I mispronounced your name already. No, you're good. That's it. Thank Bill you. McClintock. <laughs> yeah. right, you go. Yeah. Hey, Bill, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. We are not, look, we're big, we're big fans of 1980s music. And mm-hmm. then we discovered your YouTube channel there. Uh, and you're taking some great songs, many of which seem to happen to uh, at least one. So, okay, for folks that don't know, you create mashups, and I guess in layman's terms, what's a what's a mashup? So the way I describe it yep. is, it's basically two songs happening at, at the same time. Mm. So the vocal track from one song mm-hmm. and the instrumental track from another song, putting them together, making them work. You know, trying to make it sound like a real song, mm. like it could have been 
that way originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's basically it. So what we noticed was, look, we'd be fans anyway, but many of your songs, and we just looked anecdotally here, you know, that many of them feature at least one song, so either the music or the vocals, as you describe it, from the 1980s. And there's a few, at least one that comes to mind. I mean, your most recent one, actually, is uh, both songs are from the 1980s, you, where you combined mm-hmm. uh, Black Magic from uh, Slayer with uh-huh. uh, Prince's uh, Let's Go Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yep, both from the 80s. So, yeah, I'm a fan of the 80s as well, definitely. I was born in the 80s, 1980. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so I lived for all that music. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, I like, I like a lot of older stuff, definitely 80s included. Um, and then, you know, the mashups I do a lot of times. It's stuff from the 80s, but it could be a lot of different genres, you know, certainly hard rock or heavy metal. And then, you know, a lot of the pop stuff as well. And even some disco and maybe more 70s, but, you know, possibly early 80s as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of 1980s music, and now you tell us you're being a fan, it seems like there's a, hmm, maybe, a, well, you tell me this. Is there any group, because it seems like there's some that come up more than more than once or twice. Is there any, what's the most, I guess, the group that you've used most often as a source of music or vocals? It's oh, a good question. Um, Metallica, I've used okay. a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've used Slayer a lot. Oh, I've yeah. used Black Sabbath a lot. Mm. So more of the hard rock stuff, definitely. I mean, those are the mm-hmm. ones that come to mind yeah. right off the bat. And it's, a lot of times that has to do with availability of the stems, being able to find those isolated right. tracks, whether mm-hmm. it's the isolated vocals or the instrumental where the vocals have been removed from it. Right. And and that's part of the reason why. I mean, I love those bands as well, but and that's part of why I used what I use and Eddie Van Halen. Definitely. I've used Van Halen stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of just Eddie Van Halen's guitar solos. I'll just throw <laughs> into yeah, yeah. the mashup. I do it all the time. I love yeah. him. He's, my, he's my favorite guitarist for sure. <laughs> so the, of the eighties music is then metal or rock. Is that more the genre of music that you're, you like from that year? I would say so. I mean, I, well, I do like the pop stuff as well, but mm-hmm. I, I would say I probably know more about the the hard rock and metal stuff or even like the you know hair bands that kind of stuff you know mm-hmm. i i do i i, I enjoy all of that right now i know awesome. you were in, in did you have a question cat no i, I, no, I was she just like saying random oh. <laughs> yeah like somebody else i know see this is this is our mashup bill <laughs> i see I like that. Uh, if we could get ozzy in here singing uh, acapella that would be fantastic and then we get some actual listeners and viewers um, so speaking of Ozzy, though, I know you were inspired by another a YouTube masher upper of things who combined, and I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. You'll have to remind me. Who combined Crazy Train and September together. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that's DJ Cummerbund. Oh, Cummerbund, right. And right. Um, I don't know how long he's been doing them, but he his was like that that mashup you just talked about is pretty much what kind of gave me the push to actually yeah. try this myself. I, mm-hmm. I thought that was so cool. Just the, the yeah. whole concept, taking songs that are very different musically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Different genres, but they're also compatible just because of the music theory behind it being in the same keys, uh, same tempo and uh, vocal phrases kind of fit in with the music the way that they're that, that sound really natural. And that just intrigued me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to try to do this, you know, mm-hmm. and I think I can. And I know the kind of basics of how to do it as far as having to mix the music together, because I've done a little bit of that before I started doing mashups, but I learned a whole lot of how to mix music together, just kind of on the go, learn as I go kind of a thing. But yeah, DJ Cummerbund, he's the one who kind of inspired me to start doing them. So yes, very cool thing. Well, what had you nice. been, you know, it's interesting, like, is uh, certainly anybody, I mean, look, now you've got, you know, I don't know, hundreds of thousands, millions of views on some of your videos, but there aren't millions of Bill McClintock's doing this kind of thing. And there's probably at least a dozen that said, Hey, I'd like to try this now too. I, I, it's, I guess it's curious and not necessarily have the uh, ability to do it, but it's curious to me that what was it in your background or experience that obviously there was something already there that when you saw that a light goes off. Yeah. And I kind of, you know, I get asked that question and I, the way I answered is I've just have been kind of gaining the skills to do it over the years and like training to do it, not realizing that I was, and that that's kind of what the, the stuff I've been learning is, is leading up to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, just my background, I, I started playing guitar when I was 14, you know, took guitar lessons through high school, ended up going to college for me, for music technology. So I went to Duquesne university in Pittsburgh um, and got a music technology degree mm. 
and then started teaching guitar after that. And now I teach it in a school. I teach elementary music. So I have that just a music theory background and, and, you know, um, just a, I guess a working knowledge of things that'll work together as far as keys and tempos and, and, and how to do that. And the, and the, the technology, definitely learning how to do, um, you know, basic sound recording, sequencing music, mixing it, mastering it, all of that kind of stuff that I learned when I was in school. So I've been able to use that, you know, I never knew that that's, this is what I was going to do with it, but just <laughs> <laughs> help happening that way. And, and like I said, just the, I just love that concept of, of taking two, two songs that are familiar already, you know, the vocals, you know, the instrumental, the other song and just making them <laughs> go together. And it's like, and they, it, there's a certain, I mean, I have to try so many combinations sure. before I find something that's like, Oh, that's really cool. I, I love the way those two songs <laughs> sound together. And this is, this is definitely happening. And and then it becomes so so much fun at that point because it's and then I, I get just obsessed I'm like I just work See, work and work and until I finally get it done. So. I find that that comment funny because you say uh, vocals that you know, like I know Slayer, I know Overkill, I know a lot of these bands you use, but you say it like everybody knows these bands. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I was like I'm watching your videos and I'm like, oh my God, he just used overkill. <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm that's watching true. and I'm like, who's that? And she's like, yeah, who yeah. the hell is overkill? So, right. so and then, you know, it, it depends on, I guess, what my goal is. A lot of times I'll use music that, that a lot of people don't know. You're right. Like, I mean, a lot of people don't know about overkill or, you know, the Slayer songs that I'm using <laughs> yeah. and that kind of thing. But I like, I mean, I, I enjoy that kind of thing. And I love, mixing those things up with pop music because it's it's just funny you know yeah. and i find that the ones the ones that will become the most popular and get the most views ultimately are the ones where both songs are n already known really well you know because that's i think that's going to just draw a bigger audience sure. because you have all these people on this side who like this song and you know this Metallica song and then people who like this Huey Lewis song and then, you know, put them together. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, that's, cool. that's my favorite. Oh. You know what the best part of that though is, is the Megadeth and Judas Priest solos. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> that's my favorite part. Cause I didn't see that coming at all. Most people wouldn't know that, that you pieced it together from different songs. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'd yeah, like to tell you my not, favorite. Yeah, okay. Sure. The, oh my gosh. The Vank Whalen oh, yeah. jumping heart. Yeah. I, can't get enough of that. <laughs> That's it's amazing awesome. because it's just so opposite. It's, yeah, it's amazing. They are, and I I've never used a, a country song before. I'm not I'm not a country fan, <laughs> yeah. and so I mean that's the way that I came about that was I mean I don't really know um, your cheating heart. I've heard it, you know, but the way I found it was just doing a search on a, a karaoke website where they mm -hmm. have a database of a ton of songs that you can, mm -hmm. you can download the karaoke versions, but they also have a search feature where you can search by key or search by tempo. Ah. And then I just, so I, I knew um, jump by Van Halen, 130 beats per minute key of C major. So mm -hmm. I just put those two things in and I went through a couple pages and then I just saw this country song. I'm like, just randomly kind of clicked on it. And I was like, Oh shit. This is kind of cool. It's my absolute favorite. It's and best. I was so, I was so hesitant to do it. I'm like, Ooh, I, you know, because I mean, the, the audience that I have, like I've never done a country song before. So I just did like kind of a little feeler. I, I, yeah. I, I just did a, a screen recording <laughs> on my computer just so that like maybe a minute that I had already done. And I just, I posted it on Facebook. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I might lose a lot of subscribers with this. But then like all these people were liking it and commenting like, oh my God, no, you have to do this. This is great. Wow. So, I, okay. I'll it is it. great. I'll I'm not it. a country fan. I don't like country, yeah. but it's, it's so unexpected and, and yeah. just so disparate. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> and I think those are the ones that, that will be really popular as well when they're so different. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. the funny thing about that video is, is that I could actually see Dave trying that. Oh. <laughs> I will like, say something about that <laughs> because they, Dave did do an album of all country versions of Van Halen songs. And he did one. It oh, was like, like, I guess more blue, bluegrass, I guess you mm -hmm. could say. And um, yeah. he did do one with jump. But it was, I mean, it sounded like, um, it was that chord progression. It was that kind of a, it was the same form, 
but it was all just kind of rearranged and done with bluegrass instruments. Yeah. I'll tell you what though. I wish he would have done your version (laughs) because I uh, look, Dave's my favorite singer of all time. Oh yeah. But that album's trash. And that was another reason I heard this one. And I was like, man, I wish he would have done something like that instead. It was so different. Right. And as I was just happy to see that my video got more views than it. Wow. <laughs> like, oh, okay, that's a win right there. Yeah, it is. And the video, the, the visuals from the video, right. of, they're so serene in the country song, just oh, yeah. twanging and plucking away. <laughs> of course, David Lee Roth is. Dave's doing his dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. His little thing. Yeah. I showed my daughter the, uh, the um, I guess right, right now, which at least, which is my favorite one, uh, the um, Metallica Huey Lewis one. My daughter, who's 11. She didn't know what, why I was showing this to her. She's like, I don't get it because the video looks like an actual, like these folks are playing together. The music sounds mm-hmm. like it goes together. But when I explained it to her, then her mind was blown. But at the time you, you, you can't see the seams or hear the seams. It's, it's uh, pretty fantastic. And that's cool. You know, again, yeah. again, having sort of done a little bit of what, what you do, I thought, how is he cleaning up these vocals? Because I know the way the techniques oh, for yeah. doing it, they're terrible. Usually you get really low quality uh, audio as a result of it. But you said you're just finding whatever you, you can. You're only using what you can find as an acapella already at, on the internet. Right. And it's, it, most of it is from YouTube also. Wow. You know, they, I, I mean, I guess that these are just, I don't know how they get on YouTube, but they, they sound like they're just masters from the you know, master tracks from the studio. And I don't know who gets them, how they get on there, but they're, I mean, they're clean. They, mm. You don't really have to do anything. I mean, maybe EQ them a little bit to make them fit in the mix. Yeah. Mm. But there's not, usually there's not much. I mean, there's software that can do it, but it's, it's better at, at least the software that I use, it's better at removing the vocals and leaving all the instruments than vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, in fact, the, the Huey Lewis and Metallica one, I used that. I would, so, I mean, because there's no instrumental available that's the original recording of the Huey Lewis song. So I had to go in and just run it through that that plugin okay. and remove all of his vocals and then just add James Hetfield's at that point. And so and and and, and his vocal track was really clean. So I really didn't have to do anything to that. I would never have guessed that. Wow. I, f- I thought maybe you were slicing together various pieces where he wasn't singing to string together your own instrumental, you know, but Again, so I have done that. Yeah, I have done that before. Sometimes, I mean, before I had that software, there's at least one that comes to mind. The uh, Black Label Society. That's Zach Wilde's mm-hmm. band. He's a, he, you know, guitarist for for Ozzy Osbourne uh, with the Temptation song. And his, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I really did for for that instrumental for the Black Label Society. I had to find, and luckily, I mean, I couldn't have done it, but there was like one spot a little later on in the song where they played the main riff and just played it without him singing over it. Just that one part. And it was like just one repetition. I'm like, Oh, cool. So now, now I can take that and just loop it over and over to make a, a verse. And it, it worked that way. Wow. You've kind of spoken to it, but I wondered about your starting point, like for each song, it sounds like it's maybe different, but um, you know, it's like, well, gosh, like, where do you start? Do you have the one song in mind and then you search for another one that matches or do you notice like, Hey, these two are kind of similar. Uh, it's different. So, mm-hmm. I mean, most times I, I have a vocal track in mind because it, again, it's okay. what I can find. So mm-hmm. if I can find something on YouTube and like, Hey, this would be really cool to use. Mm-hmm. then you know, I, I okay, what key is it in? What's the tempo? And mm-hmm. then sometimes I'll look for stuff just on like Apple music. I'll be um, like swiping and just listening to different songs that, that mm-hmm. might fit with that vocal. And then mm-hmm. so I might come up with something that way or, you know, searching databases by key and tempo. I might find something like that. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's the opposite though. I might have an instrumental. Mm-hmm. And I want to try to find a vocal to go over that. Mm-hmm. More, mm-hmm. more often than not, it's the other way though. So having the vocal first and then finding the instrumental. Okay. Nice. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, <laughs> so, so my favorite part is, um, when you got the metal guys singing over the older songs, cause like uh sweating Robins, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think actually proves that Dave Mustaine can actually sing. That's a good point. You know, and that's, you know what, that, that is, it's weird, but that is one of my favorites. It wasn't like super popular, but I, <laughs> I, I like the way that they fit. And it's, it's really, I mean, this, the, the verse, the structure of where there's just kind of like a drum beat and then like a little fill at the yeah. end. It's the same. 
you know, which is why that worked. And then I had to go in and just like, I had to tweak the hell out of the, the chorus. I had to use a different software where you can go in and, and see just the, the, the two notes, like the harmony parts that are sung together and actually lower those or raise them, whatever you have to do to make it fit that harmony. So, I mean, that sounds completely different, but yeah. I'm like, I don't care. This is supposed to be funny anyway, so I'm just going to do it. You know? Yeah. You mentioned some songs, you know, some songs don't work out. And I was, you know, I was doing a little digging and I, one of your videos, I came across one of those. This, I love this. This is one of the ones that didn't, I don't think you ever put out there. Nine Inch Nails and Hall and Oates. Oh, where it's singing oh, yeah. to itself. Where, Cat, forgive me for swearing at this point. Uh, Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor sings, I want to f*** you like an animal. And then Hall and Oates answer says, I can't go for that. Right. <laughs> and they're talking back and forth. Oh. So here's here's the thing with that yeah. is that yeah that was one that I wasn't gonna finish. I just I started it and I was like I don't know how I'm gonna develop it into a whole song, so I just mm. kind of put it aside. And then I put that on my my Patreon page and said you know because I, I will put things up there that I don't I don't finish just because people are interested in that they want to see you know stuff that doesn't quite make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then people heard that and they're like oh you got to do this you got to you got to finish it. <laughs> So I did, you know, I finished it. I put it on YouTube. It stayed up for maybe a couple of weeks. And then I got a takedown notice. Oh. They took it down, gave me a copyright strike. Interesting. So, this- so it was there. Huh. And it, I don't know. It, I think it had maybe close to 300,000 views. So it did pretty well. And then, yeah, so that was it. It was yanked. So make a note of that. Hall and Oates are dicks. And they'll get the <laughs> yeah. stuff. We can't use them. How do you know it's Hall and Oates? He's Trent Reznor. Somebody told me that they thought, it wasn't Trent Reznor. It's that not Trent. It, but he like sent it to, I don't, I forget who it was. And this, whoever he sent it to posted it on their oh, I see. Instagram. And they, okay. I think whoever that was had a lot of followers. So I think he was cool with it. Trent yeah. Reznor. I think yeah. he was fine was, with it. He probably sent it to Daryl Hall. <laughs> he sent it to Daryl's house. <laughs> That's interesting because yeah, I, 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 look, I'm always stunned I, in the brief time we ever, even when Ray and I started doing the podcast a couple of years ago, we would put stuff straight up to YouTube. If we referenced, well, we had one episode we had, we only one time we ever got a strike. We reviewed, it was soundtracks or something. And we listened to like six seconds and we got two strikes and we, we wound wow. up, you know, uh, whatever, peeling them or whatever. And then they, they never responded. So they got to stay on, but mm-hmm. it's gotta be just, I was thinking with yours and, and so many other folks who aren't folks that aren't even transforming it into something else. They're, they live on YouTube, no problem. Entire movies. Like, how the hell Isn't is that, that happening? Mm-hmm. That is so frustrating. And I see that, and I think to my, like, I'm looking for other, um, like, Prince mashups and stuff, because I know Prince is, is notorious. I mean, his, mm-hmm. yeah, the, oh, the, yes, the record company, now, yeah, they're notorious for right. being really protective with his music. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm surprised mine's still up. The only reason <laughs> I think it's still up is because I didn't use his original music that was a karaoke mm. that was like pretty close i'm like i can do this yeah. and that's the only thing i wasn't gonna try to use his because i knew it would probably never even get up there to begin with it would be blocked immediately so mm-hmm. i didn't even try so i just i went with the karaoke <laughs> and and so it's still up there so that might save me i don't know yeah. we'll see if that stays up but but yeah there's and i look to see if um certain artists if somebody else has their song up there and it's able to live on youtube with no problem mm-hmm. But I, there's like no rhyme or reason for it. You know, like you said, they'll be on just in their, their original form on some some random person's YouTube channel for years. And it's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. And then I do something with it. And then, yeah. you know, they could be gone. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. because I'm actually <laughs> doing something different with it. I don't, yeah. I don't get it. You, you know, you mentioned, so you, you heard uh, DJ Cumberbund and you were inspired. And you're talking about like all the subscribers and views you have now. Was your goal to get this kind of attention? I'm sure you couldn't imagine the success you have, but, or was it just to do it for the sake of doing it? Both. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I can remember starting out and just, and really liking and just doing them and put and you know, I had a decent amount of videos up, maybe close to 20. And they, I had very few subscribers. I had like 50 maybe, you know, with all yeah. those videos and I was still making them, I was still enjoying them and, and doing it and everything. And, you know, eventually it's like one of them caught on and then it was just kind of built from there. Uh, but yeah. And I, I remember the beginning, just trying to post them anywhere I could think of, just like going on to Reddit and mm-hmm. finding places where I could post it on there. And I mean, it really didn't help. It didn't do much, but, and it really, I mean, what it takes is just for one, 
to, and, and you, I don't even know why it was this one that, you know, everyone really, really liked. I mean, I liked it. It was the, the rat and Marvin Gaye one. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, That's a good one. Oh, and so that was, that uh, I heard <laughs> I it's the grapevine. It was those vocals yeah. and round and round by rat. Mm-hmm. There's more eighties. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that one, I mean, not that I don't like, I like that one. I think it's cool, but I just don't understand why that was the one that was like, all these people are sitting, you know, millions of people and everything like that. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, I like the ones that I did up until that point too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and you just, you don't know. And, and that's another thing is you, you have no idea before you put something out, mm-hmm. if it's going to, people are going to like it or if it's just kind of, you know, not really do much. And I'm always wrong. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I I just, like, oh, this is going to be the one, this is it. And then yeah, like, well, <laughs> that yeah. makes me laugh because I am constantly showing people raining lobsters. Oh, that's a good like, one. I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> that just is so good. And Slay I'm like, 52s. this, yeah, this is awesome. I show people that all the time. I'm like, this is the one, this has to be the one that made him famous. Yeah. It has to be the one. That, yeah, I mean, there were a few before that. The first one I did with Slayer was with, um, Katrina George, and the waves. No, it was George Michael. Uh, Carol, oh, George, yeah. And that, that's, right. that, that's another one. It's not on my channel. It's, um, somebody else, stole it from my channel and put it on there, which I don't care because now it's still on YouTube. Yep. It's not on my channel because YouTube <laughs> took it down. I had, I don't know, it was like maybe 600,000 views in a week or so. And that was, Jeez. that was just a cool one. And it, like, I, again, I didn't know that that was going to happen. Wow. You know, it was like, I was just, I was at the beach. I was on vacation. I, <laughs> it was a couple rainy days. I brought my computer and I'm like, oh, let's see, maybe I can come up with something. And then, you know, here it is. And then all these views. Oh, I'm like, what the hell? Okay. <laughs> that's, that's great. I'm, I'm glad people like it. I mean, I liked it, but I just, I didn't know like why that one and why mm-hmm. not this one, you know? Is that ultimately all you know? your, so you, is, is part of the calculus trying to figure out what people like, or is it just, if you like it, you know, that's what you got to do. It is. And it's, it's kind of a learn as you go kind of mm-hmm. a thing. And um, yeah, the, the first one, like I said, the rat and Marvin gay, I, I stick at least sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll try to follow that same formula of doing the soul vocals over top of some hard rock or some metal, just because that was something that a lot of people liked. And I like it too. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm just like, Oh, I'm doing this only because these people liked it, you know? And I, I think it's a really cool thing too. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy to make more of those. <laughs> and then they also respond to the, the opposite kind of thing, the metal vocals over pop mm-hmm. music. Which again, I love doing too. And, you know, and I was, I did another podcast a couple of days ago and I was talking about, um, the most recent one I did with Slayer and mm-hmm. that, that came to me. I, I, I went with my family, with my wife and my two little kids. We went to go see, um, sing Two in the movie oh, theater, yeah. mm-hmm. that little mm-hmm. animated movie. Oh, yeah. Those are mm-hmm. good. And they started playing that the Prince song, let's go crazy. So it's, it, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> little cartoon characters singing and dancing. And that's, that Slayer track you know that vocal track i just kind of carry around and every once in a while it just kind of you know Mm. but i started thinking like that rhythm like in this part of the print song and then the rhythm of that vocal is exactly the same and that you know they line up really well and i'm just kind of thinking like i think that might work (laughs) are you like the movie you the movie can't get over fast enough all right what how much how much is like (laughs) i gotta get to my computer yeah exactly yeah Mm. and it's like well i'll just tuck that one away and then as soon as i get home try it out and and yeah. sometimes it just happens that way. You know, yeah. It's like, okay, this is They're cool. Like, Daddy, did you like the movie? Uh, what was it? What'd you say? Yeah. <laughs> movie? I'm sorry. I was thinking about something. I, what I love about that mashup is the solo at the end, how you replace Prince's solo and then the band comes back in. That was really good. I love doing that part. And I was thinking what I, I went through a lot of different stuff, like at the end there, before I, I settled on that Carrie King solo. That I mean, that's originally what I wanted to do. I wanted it to be one of the the guitarists from Slayer doing the solo to, to replace Prince's solo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, I, I, I like Slayer and everything, but I'm not going to say that Carrie King is necessarily respected <laughs> as a lead metal guitarist as far as, you know, playing things that are melodic or musical. Or <laughs> so I'm the, no. Well, you know, what's funny though, in the, in the, in the mashup, his hands are moving pretty similar to what the solo actually is. It's, oh, I was yeah. watching and I'm like, is this altered? Because man, that looks pretty goddamn close to what it sounds like. And I'm like, but I know he can't play that good. So what it was, nah. is, uh, the, <laughs> it was that I, it, 
forget what song it was from now. Maybe South of Heaven. I can't remember. I, I think it's South of Heaven. Yeah. And I had it because that one's an E flat. So I had to move the pitch up, you know, three half steps to get it into F sharp to match the Prince song. And, you know, I kind of was able to EQ it to make it sound like it was, it, you know, it, it sounded okay. And then I, did, I, yeah, I found that video footage <laughs> of South of Heaven. So it was. So, like, I guess he played exactly the same solo live, mm-hmm. you know. So it was, so it matched. I'm like, okay, this is cool. But the, the, part, <laughs> the part that I like the most about that is that in that video, there was a part, you know, where he's playing, he's doing the solo, and then it cuts to something else happening on stage. But instead of leaving that in, I just did, like, a close-up of Tom Araya's face, and he's just kind of like... <laughs> And a lot of people comment on that. I think people would like that because yeah. it's just a kind of like a tongue in cheek kind of a thing, like mm-hmm. you know that solo instead of Prince's solo. But yeah, and then the band comes in at the end, and then Tom Araya with his Perfect. scream at the very end. Oh, like, I love this. So I gotta ask, man, what is your opinion of Tom screams, man? Because I'm not a big fan of his screams. I think they're trash, <laughs> but. Nobody else does it the way he does it. So it kind of gets a pass. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think it's okay. It's, I mean, definitely, I'd, I'd rather hear like Rob Halford, you know, <laughs> exactly. gonna scream. Yep. I mean, that got, you know, and I saw, I guess it wasn't that reason. It was like maybe 2014. I saw well, a friend of mine, we went to check out the Judas Priest concert and he, I mean, I don't know how old he was then, maybe 60, but my God, he still, yeah. he hasn't lost anything. Mm-hmm. He, he can still, I mean, just those high notes, you know, it's incredible. Um, but I mean, Tom, like that one, it's the one from angel of doubt, the angel of death yeah. at, the, at the beginning. I've used that. I think in every one, it doesn't matter yeah. what song it is. I just, I have to find somewhere. To I love put that that. It's, it's just it's great. I love- it's, uh, yeah. People consider that an iconic scream, but man, that bugged the fuck out of me. That scream. I love God, that. Damn. I love I how you have it. Let's go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That, so funny. Oh my god! I'd like you to take a crack at these two songs. Oh, oh. Joe Walsh, "All Night Long," and Iron Maiden, "The Trooper." Okay. See, okay. see if you can do something with that. You take my life, but I'll take yours too. Okay, I see. Yeah. they line up. That yeah. might be cool. I might look into that. All right. <laughs> might be pleasantly surprised. We'll see. I hope so. <laughs> this is what goes on in my head. Yeah. Those two songs are all mixed up. So along with yeah. a lot of other stuff, I would guess. Yeah, there's, there's a lot, a lot of other stuff in my head. In there. It's yeah. mixed. It's all mixed up. Hey, Bill. <laughs> Bill, we're super grateful for you for joining us today. And hey, we we love like I said at the beginning, we love 1980s music. And yet, you found another. You found a way to make songs we loved already. For us to just find new life and new excitement and love even more. Look, that mm-hmm. van, that uh, rather Metallica Huey Lewis combo has got me loving "Hip to Be Square" in a way that I never have. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> so uh, thank you so much. We appreciate your time tonight, Bill. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was really cool to, to learn how he does that. Yeah, now we can all try it. He gave us all the the ammo we need to yeah. take a crack at this thing. Oh. Are you going to give him competition, Ray? <laughs> probably not, but I could probably mash two things together that way. <laughs> I'm good at smashing things. <laughs> uh, you know, and Ray, Kat alluded to it, but he also is really good at editing videos. We really didn't get into that, but he makes mm-hmm. these videos look like they're one video. It's crazy. I love that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I forgot to mention in the... Um, the one, the mashup of Van Halen yeah. and the, uh, Van the country Waken western one. Or what is it? Yeah. yeah, Van Wonka, whatever it was. The line dancers intermixed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In, in that video. <laughs> yes. I cracked up. Yeah. <laughs> I love how he <laughs> accentuated yeah. the whole thing with them. <laughs> yeah, be sure to check out Bill's YouTube channel where he's got all the songs there. Bill McClintock uh, is the channel. And you can become a supporter of his and he has even more music available songs that he had to take down from YouTube and songs that didn't make it. And it's, uh, you get a lot for your money, but mm-hmm. if you don't want to support him or if you've got a lot of dough, <laughs> you can join the folks who bring our show to you every week. Mm-hmm. The airway, I'm giving away money. See that, Ray? We just look, mm-hmm. it's cause Ray's distracted to keep me from doing that. He's doing some over there. <laughs> He's looking up that metal, heavy metal cover band thing. I know. I'm trying to find that stupid band and I can't find it now. No, it's still oh a boy. Driving me nuts. 
<laughs> so our show comes to you every week, courtesy of a number of uh, different folks, including our Secret of My Success level Patreon supporters, John Henderson, Greg Coletta, Bart Arnold, John Kaminsky, and John Reddick. All the Johns come to our yard. <laughs> and you can be as awesome as they are yeah. if you go to patreon.com slash 1980s now and pick the level of support that works for you. Hopefully it's the highest one. <laughs> yeah, because that gets you uh, your name mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I yep. found that band. They're called uh, Rock Sugar. Rock, yeah, Rock Sugar. Sugar. All right, cool. Rock Sugar. They do Don't Stop the Sandman. Oh. Oh. Hmm. All right, we're going to check right. them out. That yeah, they're pretty cool. good. Check out Bill, check out us, then check out Rock Sugar in that order. All right, hey, <laughs> we will talk to you next time on 1980s Now. See ya. Later.